if you're listening to this and you're in your 20s and 30s, and like I can help you with like maybe dialing it in sooner, because again, a lot of times though, it's life experience. Like most of the people that I've worked with, they've gone through that in their 20s and 30s, like the success driven and have all the money and have everything that they want. And now they get to a point in their life where priorities are are shifting. And there can be a balance of both, right? Like you can work hard and you can play hard. It's just not giving up so much. Welcome to the Business Ownership Podcast, brought to you by Awareness Strategies, helping you navigate the waters between entrepreneurship and ownership. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I'm super excited to have you here today because I'm here with my most amazing guest, Julie. Julie, thank you so much for being here with us today. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited for the show. Awesome. We're going to have a ton of fun. So give everybody the highlight of who you are and what you do for business. Oh, wow. That's a complicated question. How much time? (laughs) 30 seconds and then we'll delve into it. 30 seconds. So here's what I do best. I help people get off the hamster wheel, live a life without regret and have the courage to be who they are meant to be kind of is the quick synopsis. I'm a speaker, coach, TV producer, podcast host, and international bestselling author. Nice. I love it. So how did you get into the helping people become their best as your thing? Well, that starts from my career in law enforcement. So back in the 90s, I was a police officer for 10 years. I know, 10 years. um, And now I have a Radiant Love shirt on, right? Like, I mean, talk about a dichotomy. And I was on the SWAT team. And in in, in that career, the hardest thing I ever had to do was really um, give death notifications. Here today, gone tomorrow, that there was no promise of tomorrow. So fast forward from that career, uh, my own mom at the young age of 57 was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's and passed away just two years later. So in those moments, you know, when you see that life is not promised, I made the decision for myself that I wanted to get after my dreams, live my best life, but also collaborate and link arms with people and take them along the way. I love that. So now when you're working with people, who do you specialize in working with or who was attracted to you the most? I work with both um, men and women. So I don't have like a set clientele. Um, I think a lot of it is because I have that masculine energy. So I always tell people that you're not paying me for fluff. I'm going to be very direct with you, but it come from a very loving heart, right? Like that's really important for people. She won't to... sharpshoot you, but she... yeah, yeah. Don't throw on the handcuffs, you know, not as much as you ask, you know, but I, I'm going to make sure that, you know, like I'm delivering what you're paying for. So really my clientele has some kind of usually personal growth behind them. Like they've done some work on themselves. They know that sometimes they can be the problem in their own business that they're getting in their own way. I know, I know. Go figure. That's a unique concept. And- I can be my own problem. No, I mean, <laughs> they, that never happens, does it? People, are, I don't, I'm not my own problem. <laughs> well, I, I, I often <laughs> kind of compare it to being on a video camera, right? Like on a video camera, you um, have a 360 degree view of how you look. But when we're in life and we have these filters and these blinders, we only see things a certain way. So it's somebody else stepping into the picture to see all the solutions and all the issues and everything that you may not see in that moment. And we just got to open up the the blinders a little bit more so that you can see what's possible. 
So men and women, um, a lot of entrepreneurial startups, but also people who are looking to level up in life. They've had business. Maybe they're running that hamster wheel. They find that they're just working, 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 and they're forgetting about living. And so finding out ways to streamline their, uh, I guess their time, right? Because time's their most valuable asset. I always talk about being busy, right? Like you can either be busy getting nothing done or you can be productive. Nice. I love how your uh, your microphone takes you out of the game halfway up that <laughs> scale. <laughs> awesome. So when you're working with somebody, what does that look like? They they come in and do you have a process that you take them through or is it experiential? Like how does that, the experience with you work? So I set up a consultation call that's, you know, completely free for people to get a sense of who I am and for me to get a sense of who they are. You know, it, it has to be somewhat of like an energetic meet because I'm going to give everybody my best coaching, my best information, and there's still a responsibility in you to take it and apply it. See, people sometimes have this misconception that knowledge is power and it's really applied knowledge is power. So taking what I'm giving you and deciding, does it resonate with you or does it not? Um, I'm very intuitive and that doesn't mean psychic for those people listening. I'm intuitive. So a lot of times I can read between the lines and that may come also as well from being a law enforcement officer. When you're telling me what you think I want to hear, but I'm actually hearing something else or I'm reading between the lines of what's really going on and then being able to address the real issues at hand. And, you know, the coaching looks anywhere from six months to a year. Um, I like to go a little bit on the longer side because as I tell people, you didn't get to this point overnight and it certainly isn't going to take, you know, overnight to get out of the issue. We're going to have results and success along the way. However, like if you want to take massive action, we'll get massive success, you know, working together a little bit longer. I love it. So what would you say is your favorite part of your business? The people. <laughs> and I say that with a laugh, right? Because sometimes, you know, people will say, well, the worst part of business can be the people. The best part can be the people. However, I do know that I attract a certain clientele to me. Um, I, if you can't tell, you know, by maybe listening or later on watching to this, I'm high energy and I love to have fun. I, I believe that fun is an important component in anything that we do because it opens our minds to learn more. And so I am all about, hey, like, let's, you know, let's take this journey and this, like this road together. And so that we can accomplish it's, it's you, it's your time. Like what is, what is it that you want is going to be most important to, you know, me helping you to get what you want. I love it. So give us an example of a Cinderella story of one of your clients. Oh my gosh, that's a, okay. So I'm going to talk about one because this is kind of a Cinderella story and this isn't like typically something that I do. Okay. So like, I'll just caveat that. So I was working with a woman and I've been working with her for a while and she was very clear that she didn't want to date, right? Like that she didn't want a relationship, but intuitively I knew that that was something that was important to her, but she was pushing it away because of the fear around it. So during a moment in our coaching, I challenged her to go on 10 dates. Now, of course, everybody has options. Everybody has choices right now. And again, I'm not a dating coach, but here's what I want the audience to, to hear. 
how you do one thing is how you do everything. So if you're afraid to put yourself out there for dating, you're afraid to put yourself out there for business. It's the same concept. It just maybe looks like a little different scenario. Uh, so she she agreed to my challenge, but she was slow to go out on her first date. So I knew a gentleman who I had a great relationship with. I said, listen, I need a favor. Can you help me out? Would you be willing to take this woman out for coffee? You know, just a friendship thing, right? Like just, just make it a coffee date. That's all. I'm not expecting, you know, like fireworks and romance. Maybe I should have expected that. I don't know, but they went out, they connected so well. The next nine dates were with him. Three years later, they got married. I'm a wedding officiant as well. I married them. So, um, and now they've been married for three years. So um, mm -hmm. it's a success story because we will lie to ourselves about what we don't want when really deep down, we do know what we want. We're just afraid to verbalize it. And having, again, like that 360 degree view of me knowing, like just knowing, it was a knowingness that that was what she really wanted. And her life looks completely different today because she said yes to going out on 10 dates. Nice, love that. So you're also known for helping people to get things done that they might not have otherwise been doing. And and to what what spectrum does that usually cover? It looks like um, people thinking sometimes that they're being busy, but there's a difference between when we say we're busy and we're actually being productive. And so streamlining things in such a way and really looking at how we're doing priorities, saying yes to boundaries, saying no to the have tos instead of the get tos. Because when you can streamline and get just as much done work-wise, more than you think you can, because now you're a little bit more selective on how you're spending your time, it opens up the doors for you to have more life experiences. See, I truly am of the belief that the biggest business that we're in is the business of our life. And so if people are not, you know, finding the ways to enjoy their life, to spend time in their life, right? I mean, how many times do we hear of successful people who may not have relationships with their kids because they missed out on some of those amazing opportunities to be with their kids as they were growing up? Now they're slowing down at work, but their kids are older, have gone on to having their own lives, and they wonder why there's a missing connection. And I would love to help people realize what's really, truly important. And you can still work, but you can still have a life as well. Nice. So when when somebody's kind of success-oriented, let's put it that way, because I think a lot of times... Um, people who are in their kind of, let's call it 25, 35 range are very much success focused. It's like all about, okay, I want the family. I want the kids. I want the house. I want the <laughs> the car. I want the yacht. I want the, everything is about kind of how much can we get done in kind of this short period of time? Is that an area that you're looking at focusing on? Hey, how do we get to them while they're in that phase to be able to figure out how to um, kind of balance the issues of life that come up or is it really anybody at any point in their life that can be can look at things and go hey let's prioritize this and what's really going on right now i think it's at any age i will say that the majority of my clients are probably if you want to say that um 
era that 40s, 50s, where they're just reevaluating and really reconsidering the direction that they want to go. I just recently was at a two-week training and the trainers talked about that it used to be that people were coming to this particular training for career to make more money. Now, the number one reason why people are, are going for things is personal growth and development, more for spirituality, people looking to find their purpose and really live out that purpose. And I, I feel like that there's sometimes a shift. And so like, if you're listening to this and you're in your twenties and thirties, and like, I can help you with like maybe dialing it in sooner, because again, a lot of times though, it's life experience. Like most of the people that I've worked with, they've gone through that in their twenties and thirties, like the, the success driven and have all the money and have everything that they want. And now they get to a point in their life where priorities are, are shifting and there can be a balance of both, right? Like you can work hard and you can play hard. It's just not giving up so much of your life to focus in to all the haves that you, again, you miss out on what's really, truly important. I, I'm loving it. And I'm at the point where it's like, well, you know, I could really just sit and stare at a mountain for like eight hours and not even notice. Time going by. It's like, totally good with that. Just got to figure out how, you know, visa visa's is not so happy with that lifestyle. Um, and I tease and I don't, because I do think that even though I'm kind of at that point, I think there's something that drives us to be able to kind of then bring back. So it's, it is kind of this, we get into this midlife crisis and it happens and it happens differently for everybody, but it's being able to, at that point, kind of pivot everything and go, okay, how do I give back? I have acquired a ton of information. Now there's this kind of purpose thing that comes up and, and how do I contribute to the planet? It's not about having a purpose to kind of consume or to um, build, if you will, but more to kind of diversify or um, kind of spread the wealth, if you will. Is, have you seen any trends in the people that you're working with as to kind of what they're, where they're looking for their purpose, what kind of things they're identifying with, anything like that? I, I do. Cause here's where like my, my mind was going when you were talking about this, it's, it, it's going to happen, right? Like no matter what I say, or you, you know, we know at this point, we know what we know at this point because we've lived it. Right. Like that's where I'm very clear that when I work with people, you know, I've walked the walk, talked the talk. Right. And so in my twenties and thirties, I don't believe that I necessarily had the confidence that I currently do today. Cause now, you know, at the young age of 55, like I will say what's on my mind and I'm not so concerned about like appearances or what other people think. Like I take that kind of stuff with a grain of salt, like, okay, you know, like me or leave me like, this is what I bring to the party. However, when you're twenties and thirties, sometimes like appearances and like the the things that you find are most important, you realize 20 years later are not as important as you thought that they were. And so I think it's like a lot of growth that, you know, happens. And if people are willing to dive into themselves, like, I think that there's a lot of skill sets sometimes that we're missing out on the opportunities to teach people like, you know, financial investing or how to manage money and, you know, all these different types of things or, 
you know, how to make good choices or critical things that like, again, like sometimes it's the lessons that we need to learn. Some people call it failure. I call it learn lessons, right? You know, like, what did I need to gain from that in order to move myself forward to the point that I am now? I do find right now, especially um, this year, a lot of people I've talked to are in this um, area of what I call pruning. Like they're really looking hard at what's working and what's not working and what can they eliminate that's no longer serving them. Because I think we also get to a point in our lives, like I'm very clear, I'm living to like 155, right? Mm -hmm. However, when I do sometimes step back and stare at that mountain and realize, oh my gosh, how did I get to 55? You realize you don't really know how much time is left. And that's where I think you start to put things much more in a priority. When you're in your 20s and 30s, like everybody's like, Woo, I've got all this time in the world. And I'm here to tell you, I used to laugh at my parents and my grandparents when they used to say, the older you get, the faster time goes. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And so if you're listening in and you're in your 20s and 30s, I will reiterate that the older you get, the faster time goes. <laughs> Awesome. And, and it is so deceiving because I always said, oh, I'm going to live to 150, which then prolongs it even further. And it's like, yes, I'm going to be invincible forever. And then something happens like, why does my knee hurt? It's like, you know, you turn 50 and like, you're feeling good. And then all of a sudden you turn 50 and you feel like, what the heck just happened? Was there like a snap of the fingers and knees and backs? And, you know, like I never had this kind of pain before. <laughs> It's kind of funny because you're like, oh, well, how am I going to do that thing? I had waited until I was 50 to do this thing. And it's like, and my body's going, yeah, you're not doing that. anymore. <laughs> That's not how it's going down. <laughs> kind of have to laugh about, but then, it, you know, it's a different kind of creativity comes up. It's like, okay, so I still want to get that thing done. It's just, I'm not doing it. So how is this going to happen? Well, and that's it. Like I have said for a long time and you know, I think like, you know, back to your initial, like one of your initial questions about why helping people to live, you know, their best life. And, you know, when my mom had that diagnosis at 57, you know, luckily my dad had retired at 55 and she was 52 at the time. So pretty young, like, wow, you know, my yeah. age right now. And my dad had worked um, for the city of Milwaukee and he got his pension after 30 years. And, um, but they had waited, right? Like they were of the generation that you wait till you retire. And then, you know, tragedy strikes with my mom's diagnosis. Luckily they had started traveling prior to that. Cause they had always talked about waiting and at least they had started traveling, doing some of the things that they love, but like, that's the misconception that, you know, we wait, like we have this thing, like when we have all the money or we have all the time when we retire, but what if you don't have the health or what if, like, what if, you know, there's so many what if scenarios, like if you have the time and you have the money, you know, and you can, again, you can always make more money. You're not able to make more time, then go out and start living your life now in the moment. That's what I get passionate about. You know, when people are saying no to all the life opportunities, thinking that they're going to have these retirement years, the golden years, that's not the case all the time for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Well, and you never know when the government's just going to go, okay, everybody in your home. <laughs> right. Who knew? 
Right. You're like, there's like crazy stuff that happens. And I believe that because of what happened with the pandemic, that more people, you know, um, are looking and are waking up like, like, Hey, I don't want to wait anymore. People Mm -hmm. called it the great resignation when everybody was like looking for, you know, like they were leaving jobs and stuff. I would think it's more the great exploration. Like what else is out there for me? you know, rather than again, sticking with like, just being content, like people want to be happy. Right. Well, and I think it's those pushes too, that sometimes we resent the things that are happening in our lives, whether, you know, to whatever extent it happens. And then we start to realize, Hey, it's actually those moments that are catalysts to go, Oh, like, I don't want this to go on forever. Like I thought this was a two-year game plan and that was 10 years ago. We should probably be doing something about that right now. Yeah, I, I, I am very appreciative of the fact that once upon a time, I said, I want to be traveling three weeks of the month. (laughs) Like that's the way this is going down. This is how I'm making my business. And I didn't care if I was traveling for business. So, because everything then became a write-off and it was just, yeah, this is my lifestyle. This is how it works. And got to see, you know, immense amounts of the planet, which was super fun. And, you know, if I never get to see it again, I'll be really happy that I, took those moments to be able to do those things. Cause I think it's, um, vastly important and, and it's totally different being able to climb Mount Kilimanjaro and go scuba diving and jump out of airplanes than to do it in a wheelchair and a walker. Well, right. And the other thing, you know, like for people to really recognize is that, um, again, when I was in law enforcement, I sometimes, you know, like bringing troubled teenagers, you know, back to their parents and, You know, the common denominator a lot of times was that these teenagers or these kids, whatever they were, they wanted to spend time with their parents and the parents were working all the time to give their kids material things. And it was an important lesson to like recognize and realize at that time that, you know, things are nice, but they don't last forever. Right. But Mm -hmm. memories and experiences do. And so I've made it like a really big point in my life with uh, the, you know, teenagers and, you know, kids that I have in my life, that it's about hanging out with Auntie Julie and experiencing life rather than like watching it from the sidelines, right? Like, I mean, I think that's what a lot of people do. And again, it's no fun to be like in a wheelchair, or, you know, like don't have your energy, don't have your health and be watching everybody else living out their life and their dreams. Right. Well, and I think people have a misconception that if I want to make twice as much money, I have to work twice as hard. And I think that's when it becomes so important that they're talking to somebody like you to be able to go, it's just not the way it's going down. And in fact, you got to work four days a week from now on and figure out how to make that happen so that you're, so that you can make twice as much because you're never going to be able to make twice as much doing as much busyness as you are. Well, it's, you know, making your money work for you, finding ways to have residual income, but you make such a valid point about the downtime. So let me ask you this, Michelle, and like the audience, right? Have you ever been in the shower, just doing your thing and like all these amazing ideas come out and like, you know, like you're practically jumping out of the shower to write them down before you forget them, right? You know, maybe I'm just at the age where I forget them a little bit quicker. (laughs) The reason all these amazing ideas are coming to you at that moment is that because you're doing something so routine and you're not 
thinking and you're not constantly on. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's in the down moments, the times that you're taking for yourself. And again, there is nothing absolutely wrong with sitting and looking at that mountain for eight hours, because in those moments, that's when all this creativity and all these amazing ideas will come to you if you sit in the silence. But see, I believe because I've, I've experienced this myself, that we don't want to hear the monkey chatter sometimes. And we don't want to hear like maybe what our brain or what our mind or, you know, whatever is saying. So it's hard for people to sit in the silence, but it's really, truly, that's where all the golden nuggets are going to come is when you just really step back from everything and, you know, look at it from a different perspective. Absolutely. My husband, it kind of drives him crazy because I have uh, the rainbow colored dry markers in the washroom so that I can write on the mirror. <laughs> All my business plans are on the mirror. What are you doing? Like I had to get it out. <laughs> and listen, I read once somebody, I, I think it might've been a Mel Robbins book, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. So forgive me, yeah. but like, you know, like writing on the mirror like that, and then, you know, maybe living alone, like you're like, well, who's going to see it. But then people coming into, for whatever reason, that bathroom, seeing it on there and being inspired to do it themselves. Right. I mean, it's like, we inspire people in sometimes the, the smallest ways that we don't even realize that we're doing. I, I used to say that I'm I'm starting a new decorating company and we're going to put 3M post-it notes everywhere. That's my new decorating style. <laughs> I love it. You know, whatever color you like, just put them everywhere. It kind of gives a, a sort of feathered look or a, a scaling look to the, to the walls. We have a huge dining room mirror on it in the dining room and it became our dry race board as well. <laughs> There are times when I just got to get it out. Yeah, those dry erase boards, they take up so much room and you're always looking around like, where can I put one? But yeah, but we all have mirrors and we all have stuff. Wow. You know, like even if you said like, I've got the big, you know, like posted notes mm-hmm. that you can just stick somewhere and start writing on. And yeah. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely love and adore that because I really do think that it's important that people get into the idea of either working five or six hour days to work four hour or four day weeks to be able to build in those activities that they want to, that they need to, to be able to say, Hey, Friday, I'm going to my kid's concert and, and there's no guilt. There's no animosity. Nobody's freaking out that they can't get a hold of you. It's I'm not available. I'm off. I'm done. <laughs> Zero. And I don't know where people feel that they have to explain themselves. Right. Like it's an appointment with you and you are a priority. And so when you look at your calendar, those types of things are non-negotiable because I don't like, there are people like on the opposite end that they know where their priorities lie. Right. So like, if you call me to set up an appointment and my day is scheduled off for Friday for the kids and like, you need to meet with me. Okay, great. What do you, I got, you know, available Monday, Tuesday, whatever else, but that Friday is sacred for me because there's also like this, you know, universal law of energy, right? So like if you're breaking promises, like within, you know, like those commitments that you have, a lot of times like people don't know what it is, but they're picking up in an energy that, you know, like you may not be as congruent as you say you are. And then you're like wondering, like, just stay true, stay committed to what you said, 
so that other people will stay committed to you when they're making appointments with you. Because if you find yourself with a lot of broken appointments, look at to see where you're breaking your appointments. I just love that. Well, and I personally learned a lot about boundaries <laughs> during the lockdown. Because once upon a time when I had a different kind of business, it was like, this is, this is my time with you period, end of story. And anything will wait until my next time that we meet and, you know, update me and let me know what's going on. And then during lockdown, somehow nobody else had boundaries. I'm like, um, <laughs> I'm not working 12 hours a day. I, I don't do this. I don't work seven days a week. Like, no, you're not. No. <laughs> How does this happen? And I started to realize that not only did I need my boundaries, I needed my staff's boundaries. I needed my product boundaries and I needed to put boundaries on my clients. <laughs> it's like, okay, you're not doing this anymore. This is not how this is going down. Uh, it was very interesting to me that all of a sudden I felt like this mama hand, <laughs> all of my little chicks in here. And it's like, okay, all of you, this is the way this is going down now. It well, it is because sometimes when we work from home, right? Like you see the office or you see the area that you work and it's so accessible. And you think to yourself, oh, it's okay. Like, I'll just go and I'll just do something quickly. And then you find yourself like hours later still in the office. And when we went to physical offices, like, you know, you knew that as soon as you left, you were leaving, you know, <laughs> you were, you were leaving unless, you know, like I didn't have people on speed dial as a police officer, like, <laughs> Hey, you know, my house is getting broken into like that. It wasn't how it worked. Right. So yeah, no, it's like, you can kind of have that same philosophy, you know, like if the house isn't burning down, mm. you know, like we'll talk when, you know, my office hours are available. So <laughs> that's hilarious. So on that note, what, what are some of the stumbling blocks that somebody might be experiencing then in, in their lives that they're going, Oh my God, Julie, I need you so badly. If you find yourself like, I guess, like wanting to do stuff and you just don't find that the time is available, or if you keep pushing off what's most important to you, um, you know, maybe you are, you're working 24 seven. And I know that we all have things that we love to do. Like what I love, what I do, I love to do. I could do 24 seven and catch that word could. I don't, I choose not to. But if you find that you're just giving more and more and more of your time in yourself, and it's no longer working because if you're feeling overworked, overwhelmed, stressed out, it's time to have a conversation, you know, and um, like I just remember a guy not too long ago that had this he was he was talking about how he just felt so tied to his phone and that he you know, he felt that like if somebody text him or called him or emailed him, he had to respond right away. And he needed to take a few days off of work. And I thought it was for a vacation and I don't care what I thought it was for. I'm like, you deserve that time. Turned out he was wrestling with this idea of not being unavailable to go spend a few days with his sister who was dying of cancer, right? Like, but that's how, like, if you find yourself in that position and I had to get like very, very blunt. And I said, you know, if you don't stop what you're doing, God, the universe, whatever you believe in is going to do something to stop you in your tracks, i.e. like a health condition or something that's going to cause you to stop and really take a look at what you're doing to yourself. So before it gets to that point, just, you know, contact me or contact, you know, like someone 
and just bounce it off of somebody else. Because sometimes all it takes is a little bit of tweaking to really, and then tweaking the brain. Like I call it the stinking thinking because so many of us fall into automatic pilot, automatic habits, because we've been doing things for so long. So it's the accountability that you need to say, okay, no, no more of that. Let's do it this way. I love it. Well, and I think too, I want to emphasize here that even if somebody is a coach, a therapist, uh, whatever, to your point earlier, we see what's in the camera vision. Somebody else sees what's 360 around us. And it doesn't matter how proficient one is at these things, having somebody else come in and, and kind of look at your assumptions and going, um, that's not true for me. <laughs> that's not the way I look at it. Um, they, that it breaks apart and you can look at it in a different way. So regardless of where you are, if you're finding that happening, absolutely connect. So I know our listeners are going to want more from you. How did they start their journey with you? They can just, you know, um, contact me through my website, juliejones.biz, B-I-Z. I like to say I'm the one and only, <laughs> Julie Jones. <laughs> and there's an opportunity on there that, you know, you can message me and you can even book like that complimentary 30-minute call with me. And it is totally no obligation. It's just really, truly an opportunity for me to, you know, bring me your toughest problem. And let me show you all the solutions that are out there you know, and where you can go from there. Love it. So peeps, we'll have all of Julie's links in the show notes. So go ahead and scroll down, click on the links, open up a new browser, of course, because we're not done yet. So Julie, at what point in life did you know that you were a special kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? <laughs> you know, I think that when I got sick and tired of being sick and tired, and what I mean by that, is that I knew one of the reasons I went into law enforcement was that I don't like kind of maybe routine. And there is a lot of routine in law enforcement, but let me just tell you where my brain went. And it was, I'm not an office, like sit in an office nine to five and kind of be told what to do. Even though I was a rule enforcer, I'm a little bit of a rule breaker. And it was the opportunity to say yes, right? Like the opportunity that somebody came to me about, you know, looking at, you know, something to start my own business. I don't even know why I said yes, but I did. And that's what led me down the path of where I am today, besides everything that happened with my mom and being in law enforcement. So um, I don't always have it all figured out. And I tell that to people transparently, but I'm willing to learn and I'm willing to grow. And we can all learn so much from each other. And I learn a lot from my clients as well. Sometimes we're just mirrors for each other. You have been absolutely awesome. Any last words for our peeps? I just want to remind people that, you know, you do have an important message and you were put on this earth for like a true purpose, right? And even if you're not on stages or, you know, maybe in a capacity of having your own business or you're thinking about your business, but just know that you make a difference in your own world, your own community, your own family. Like when you make some decisions for yourself, there will be a positive ripple effect that will change. And when we're all living kind of in alignment of what we were put here on this earth to do, I believe, you know, the world will start coming together even more. I love it. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it immensely. And I know how valuable it is. Well, thank you. It's been a complete honor. And I really have enjoyed our conversation today. Thanks. 
This is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being here with us today. Be sure to subscribe to the show, share it with your friends. We love helping entrepreneurs grow. Are you running a business over seven figures but still struggling with technology headaches? Pay attention. You do not want to miss this offer. This podcast episode is brought to you by Awareness Strategies, who is offering a custom-built digital adoption roadmap for anyone running a business over seven figures who's wanting to grow their business in the next five years. And it's not just a roadmap. They offer full implementation as well. If that scares the out of you, check out awarenessstrategies.com forward slash roadmap for more details today. The link's in the show's notes. Don't regret not doing this. Do it now. That's awarenessstrategies.com slash roadmap.